Welcome to the Ridley College Chapel podcast. Our mission is to equip men and women for God's mission in a rapidly changing and increasingly complex world. For more information, visit ridley.edu.au. Psalm 1. Lord, I have Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Please turn with me to Matthew 7. Uh, we're going to read from verse, tw- oh, sorry. Yeah, verse 24, the wise and the foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. This is the word of the Lord. Hey friends, it's great to be with you again. Picking up from last Wednesday when we introduced uh, the short series thinking about resilient faith in digital Babylon. Uh, If if the last week has felt like a month, I'm not going to assume that you remember what we talked about last week. So uh, we we kind of opened up some key concepts out of this uh, recent study from from Barna called Faith for Exiles. It's identifying markers of resilient young disciples of Jesus across the world uh, in the coming years and decades. So, so we thought about the, the context that those young believers live in uh, that the research presents as digital Babylon, uh, being the highly connected and values-driven, tech-driven, uh, intense environment. That's the kind of hybrid physical digital world that young people live in today and will continue to in the coming years and decades. And for millennials, uh, who are the focus of this study, Digital Babylon is is the only home that they've ever known. It's the only place they've ever lived. Digital Babylon is is global. One of the really interesting findings of this study is how much more likeness there is between young people across cultures than there is between young people and other generations, even within their own culture. So this isn't a culturally specific kind of set of findings, but the findings of a global study and identifies lots of similarities between millennials across the world. Uh, And as they live in this digital Babylon, this hybrid physical digital world, uh, like an ancient empire, like an imperial Babylon, digital Babylon conquers and colonises and demands obedience from people. It tries to conform people to its vision for life. 
Digital Babylon has an agenda for us and for the young people that we might serve in our ministries. And so Faith for Exiles then, you might remember from last week, holds up for us, identifies young, thriving, resilient disciples of Jesus across the world who are indeed thriving as they follow Jesus in this strange new world of digital Babylon, no longer in Jerusalem, but in exile. You might remember this study includes millennials who have been part of church and then breaks those people down into four groups. Uh, We went through these last week. So prodigals who were once part of church but have rejected faith and left. Nomads who haven't explicitly rejected faith but are no longer part of faith community. Habitual churchgoers who attend church, who maybe go to Bible study, who maybe volunteer, but who have little difference in their preferences and their values and their ethics from the nomads and the prodigals. And finally, resilient disciples, those who have been transformed by God's spirit, the ones who love God, love his word, love prayer, are deeply embedded in community and who demonstrate resilience for life in digital Babylon. So we're going we're gonna to dig deeper into those uh, groups across uh, the, our time this morning and particularly dig into the five traits that mark out these resilient disciples. You might remember this chart that we looked at last time as well of how the groups are represented in Australia. They're sobering numbers. Resilient disciples make up 8% of millennials who have been part of church in Australia. They're a minority, but they're an engaged and energised, committed core of the church for the next half a century. They are lots of you. We, we tracked a bit the story last week of Daniel in ancient Babylon and thought about him as a model for resilient disciples in exile today. Like Daniel in Imperial Babylon, resilient young disciples in digital Babylon are adaptive. Uh, they, they innovate. They find new ways to thrive and follow Jesus in a new situation. They endure. They are indeed resilient. They can resist external pressures and temptations on them. They're outward looking. They're focused on serving others around them, reaching people with the gospel, and they're expectant. They see God actively present, involved in their lives. They expect God to be at work in them and through them and in the world. So today, let's, let's dig into the five traits of resilient young disciples in digital Babylon. And as we go, let me, let me challenge you to consider how your life, how your faith in Jesus reflects each of these five traits And this isn't like a a pass-fail, assess-yourself kind of thing, right? Where if you realise that one of the traits doesn't line up with your experience, then you've got no chance of enduring in faith. Not at all. That's, That's not what we're trying to do. But these traits of resilient discipleship do mark out people whose faith will endure. And if there are traits here which feel distant from your experience, then be challenged to consider how you might nurture them to fortify yourself for the future of walking with Jesus. And for those of us in the room who are perhaps more venerable in the the age sense, not the Anglican sense, (laughs) then let me challenge you to consider how 
these traits might be ones that you develop and, and nurture and encourage in people that you disciple or lead or teach here. Or perhaps in your own children or in your grandchildren. If you hope for them to endure in faith for the coming decades, then this is the kind of faith that they will need. So, first, let's uh, have those traits there. The first trait that we're going to explore is intimacy with Jesus. If you want faith that will endure for the rest of your life, if you desire the kind of resilient faith which these young disciples across 26 nations carry, then you need intimacy with Jesus. This is one of the defining characteristics of resilient disciples in this study. They find deep joy and satisfaction in their relationship with Christ. They describe their relationship with Jesus in very personal, very intimate terms. They feel close to him. Now, here's a powerful finding. Church involvement, then, is an essential, a necessary, but an insufficient condition for resilient discipleship. Church involvement is a necessary but insufficient condition for resilient discipleship. Church is absolutely essential, but it can never be enough on its own. If we're going to thrive in digital Babylon in a hostile culture, we need to move from involvement to intimacy. Faith for Exiles showed that nine out of ten habitual churchgoers, remember that third category we looked at, believe that Jesus defeated sin and death, yet they have a dropout rate of 64%. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus, but faith without works is dead, right? And the stats show us here that just agreeing that Jesus died and rose again and showing up to church has a 36% chance of keeping you walking with Jesus till the end. That's a terrifying statistic, right? Involvement is not enough. We need intimacy with Jesus. We need to know and love and know that we are loved by Jesus. So if you want to endure to the end in faith, then get close and stay close to Jesus. That's the first trait for resilient discipleship. Second, resilient disciples in digital Babylon, they display strong cultural discernment. So so the, the kind of the question for this trait is, where do we find real and livable wisdom in a complex and accelerated culture? Because that's, that's the culture that millennials live in. Young people are looking to their devices to make sense of the world around them in a way that no generation has before. And uniquely to this generation as well, they have in their pocket access to unlimited and instant information. Can you imagine the change that that makes for someone navigating the world? So our culture becomes highly accelerated, complex and connected. And what we see in the world around us is that that leads to growing epidemics of, of anxiety, of loneliness, of paralysis. But resilient young disciples of Jesus, they develop the muscles of cultural discernment. 
they are able to understand and compare the world around them to the kingdom of God and to anchor themselves in that kingdom. In the language of Psalm 1 that we read before, resilient disciples are like trees planted by streams of water. They don't walk in step with the wicked because they're able to discern and decide between the way of the wicked and the way of the righteous. They delight in the law of the Lord. They go to God's word for wisdom for life. Instead of looking for wisdom to live in that bottomless void of the online world, they look to God's word and they look to God's people. They shape their lives around the gospel. They believe that what God says is good is indeed good. And the Bible doesn't just fill their heads but fills their hearts and overflows throughout their lives. Third, resilient disciples forge meaningful and intergenerational relationships. So one of the, one of the pressures of living in digital Babylon, or maybe in the language of Romans 12, one of the, the patterns of this world is a constant push towards separation and isolation and mistrust. In our hybrid physical digital world where we have access to everybody across the globe, we move into ever more niche and isolated social communities with less and less interaction with those beyond our community. So we lose sight of differing viewpoints, values around us, and we lose the deep importance of, of embedded and diverse relationships. Right? That's just, that's just what the algorithms do to us. That's their best opportunity to consume our attention and our money. So that's what they do. Right? But resilient disciples aren't like that. Resilient young disciples are in deep relationships. And, and notably, interestingly, I think, from the study, there's two types of relationships that really stand out. Resilient disciples have deep relationships with other believers who are different from them in age and in culture and in perspectives, right? So they don't retreat into echo chambers. They don't just surround themselves with people who are the same as them. But they also are in deep relationships with people who are like them and who they want to be like. Both of those kinds of relationships are really important for resilient discipleship. One of the most important resources that I have in my life to nurture my own faith is a small prayer group that began with a few guys uh, meeting together when we were studying here together. And together, across the years that we've been meeting to pray together, we have had, uh, we've had people go through cancer, mental health battles and deep discouragement the loss of a baby, had siblings walk away from Jesus, people changing jobs and churches, marriage struggles. And we've had lots of joys. We've had holidays, babies born, new ministries, growth in faith, celebrations together. To, to endure as resilient disciples of Jesus, we need deep relationships, both with people who are like us and people who are different to us. The 
The fourth marker of resilient young disciples then is vocational discipleship. So they, they know and they live God's calling in their lives, especially in the arena of their work, whether that's paid work or, or otherwise, and they match their ambitions to God's purposes. We had Andy uh, preach this trait for us at Uni Church when we uh, did this series a few months ago, and Andy did an amazing job at helping people in the congregation connect the work that they do or that they're studying for to God's purposes, his desires for the world. He helped them to see how the work that they do expresses God's call to to love our neighbour, to fulfil God's creation mandate, to, to reflect God's kingdom into his world. Resilient disciples understand how their work connects to God and his plan. 94% of resilient disciples say, I want to use my unique talents and gifts to honour God. 72% say, my church does a good job of helping me understand how to live out my faith in the workplace. 70% say, I do not have to work in ministry to be working for God's kingdom. So as we lead our ministries, our our churches, as we disciple people, it's imperative that we help our people see their work as part of God's plan for them and for the world. That we don't create or imply a kind of us and them mentality between those in vocational ministry and the rest, but that we help believers see their place in God's purposes for the world, not just in their evangelism, but in all that they do. And the final trait then for resilient discipleship is countercultural mission. Here's how the researchers describe this trait. Engaging in countercultural mission means living as a faithful presence by trusting God's power and living differently from cultural norms. In, in 1948, Douglas Hyde left his position as a senior leader in the British Communist Party, no longer believing that communism could save the world. He found a different saviour. He found Jesus and he joined the church. But upon joining the church, he was shocked by what he found. This is what he wrote. Coming straight, as it were, from one world to another, it astounded me that there should be people with such numbers at their disposal and with the truth on their side, going around weighed down by the thought that they were a small, beleaguered minority, carrying on some sort of impossible fight against a big majority. Since so little is asked of Christians by their leaders, and so much is asked of communists by theirs, Christians have small cause for complaint if they seem to make little impact. (laughs) That stings, right? (laughs) So little is asked of Christian leaders, he says. Resilient disciples must be willing to live differently from the world around them, to see themselves as impacting the world around them. They must be willing to make sacrifices to follow a crucified Lord, right? whether that's to give up their CEO roles or to attract scorn in the schoolyard. The church of the next 50 years will be a much more countercultural and committed core of people. 
And if we are going to lead them, then we need to be the same. So there, there are five traits that we've explored that mark out resilient young disciples across our world today. Five markers of those who will endure and thrive and lead the church for the next half a century. Let's, let's land on the words of Jesus. At the end of his great Sermon on the Mount, Jesus finishes with a story. Right, he's just laid out this vision for life in the kingdom of God, life which finds its home in the world to come rather than the one which is passing away. He gives this radically countercultural vision for life, a new way to be human. And it's a vision that reaches deep into our beings, right, which is an inside-out renewal, no longer external conformity to norms, Jesus says, but transformed hearts that are oriented towards God and his desires for us. Jesus' vision for life that day is one of the most influential ethical teachings in the history of the world. And as he comes to its end, he says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, The streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. We are all looking for resilient faith. We're all looking for enduring wisdom for life. We're looking for the rock upon which to build our houses. And we live in a time when there are many new challenges to Christian faith. Christians have always been exiles in this world. And now we live that out facing the the new pressure of life in digital Babylon, an empire in your smartphone, which urges you to build your house upon it. Digital Babylon offers you the world. But the world which it offers is one that crumbles, which collapses under the weight of its own expectation. And we see this across generations and we see it in ourselves and our generation, don't we? The generation who live, who've grown up in Digital Babylon have the best access to resources but the worst mental health. The most agency to affect the world around them and yet growing despair about the future of the world. The most opportunity to maintain connection with anybody at any time, yet a crisis of loneliness. You build the foundation of your house on the sand of digital Babylon and it will come down. Building your house on the sand is bad news. But that bad news is good news for us. Because cultural crisis, collapsing empire is fertile ground for the gospel to shine. When that rain falls, fragile worldviews are exposed. Houses fall. When the punches come, that's when the fighter is found out for who they really are. So be, be expectant and ready for the rain to fall on digital Babylon. Don't panic 
Don't despair at culture wars and and marginalisation of the church, but pray and prepare for the refining of God's church. God creating a church which will be positioned by God to speak into a decaying culture in perfect position to offer an ancient, tried and tested, truly livable wisdom for life, life with Jesus. Just like the prophets of the Old Testament who showed a corrupt nation what God actually desired for them. Right? Like John the Baptist living out in the wilderness, a strange and countercultural lived critique of the dominant culture around him. People flocked to him and were convicted of the futility of sinful living. All like Christ himself, who preached and lived out the kingdom of God and turned the world upside down. We can be part of that that prophetic, enduring church that stands strong on the rock while cultures around us crumble on sand. We can be those resilient disciples by building our lives on the only rock which stands firm through it all. So let me me pray that we would. Jesus, you're the, the firm foundation for us to build our lives upon. You're the way and the truth and the life in all places and all times. We pray, Lord, that we would show that truth in our lives, that we would live it and preach it and show it to those we lead and serve. Strengthen us, energise us, empower us for the next 50 years of following you and leading your people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.